Welcome to the Do Life Better podcast, where we believe that you get to create who you are being and who you become. And it's often the smallest changes and actions that make the biggest difference. Each week, your host, Dave Jorner, will bring you the best guests, tips and messages to inspire and help you to do life even better. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's get started. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Do Life Better podcast and I hope you're creating a great day for yourself today and of course thank you very much for choosing to tune in again and if you are a first time listener, thank you, thanks for joining us. I do trust that you will find a lot of value in today's episode and the previous ones as well so thank you very much for being with us today. Now, today uh, I am joined by our resident psychologist again, Dr. John Belletta. John, how are you? I'm doing just fine. Thank you, Dave. Have you heard otherwise? Or? <laughs> no, no, no. You do seem to be in fine form today, John, so thank you. And it is always a joy for me and an absolute pleasure to, to sit in the room with you as we do these episodes, John. So I know that I learn so much from this time with you, so thank you very much. You and me both. My pleasure again. And um, so we're talking just before about uh, watching the Commonwealth Games that was on recently, and and my family and I were quite lucky. We got to go down and uh, and watch a few of the sports, and my wife spent a lot of time volunteering and helping out in different areas. And um, one thing I was absolutely blown away about, and made me think a lot about, is just the the high level of expertise. Absolutely, very impressive, isn't it? Oh, it, it's phenomenal. And yeah. and my two boys kept talking about how the athletes get to that level, and we got to talk a lot about practice and, and trying really hard and giving it your best and all that. But uh, I couldn't help but think about just you know, some people just seem to make it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some people seem to reach that state, that level of excellence, whether yep. it be in the sporting arena, whether it be in business, in academia or anywhere. Or some in their people, hobby. In their hobby, absolutely. Yeah. Some people always seem to make it and other people get close, but yep. not quite there. And um John, tell me more. Like, hey, I know that you know all about this. How do some people make it to excellence and, yeah. and others somehow fall short? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think, you know, I think we grew up um, being told something like practice makes perfect, mm-hmm. you know, and what we actually know is that's probably not right. What practice does is practice makes permanent. So if we are practicing not the right thing repeatedly, yes, yes. then that's what's going to become you know, for want of a better expression, hardwired or that's going to be the new normal or that's going to be the routine. The people that you saw at the Commonwealth Games recently or the people that we see who have got great relationships or great hobbies or great uh, work ethic or great work output, Mm -hmm. those people are doing what we call deliberate practice. And what we mean by that is that they're doing the right things Mm -hmm. in the right ways repeatedly. So kind of like perfect practice makes perfect. Very nice. That's absolutely what it is. And we call, and we call that deliberate practice. Okay. So deliberate practice means that there's an intentionality. So mm-hmm. if what we want to do is we want to be a high jumper or we want to be a great friend or partner mm-hmm. or we want to be um, you know, a great mechanic, mm-hmm. it means that what we need to do in this deliberate practice sort of space is that what we do is not just about repetition, but it's as we are focusing on the task – as right. we're focusing on what it is that's required of us, mm-hmm. that we are bringing all of our attention to that, the tools, the context, the person, 
the process, whatever it might be, is that we are actually getting in that space and that the attention is going almost like wholly and solely in that space, mm-hmm. which means we need to keep out distractions. Sure. So it's not about multitasking mm-hmm. or usually what we call task switching. It's about keeping out those distractions. And if what you're doing is writing a paper, if what you're doing is you know fixing your lawnmower, if what you're doing is practicing your high jump, the attention is to the context and to you know where it is your body needs to be, um, you know the dimensions of the activity, mm. and it's really being sharp in that focus so that you can engage in the repetition mm. of the right things, and that's that deliberate practice. Because you know I could I could go out and swing a golf club at the you know at the driving range, and if I don't have my my feet where they're supposed to be or the club face, you know, in the right position or my shoulders and I'm, you know, hitting a thousand balls. Well, that's fine. However, if it's not, you know, each of those components are not where they're supposed to be, that's the practice making permanent, but not making perfect, if that makes sense. Yeah, you get the perfect slice. Exactly. But not the perfect straight ball. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I can, you know, I can blame my clubs and I can blame, Mm. you know, some, you know, the 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 wind direction I can blame you know and I can attribute to a whole range of external factors mm-hmm. um, and you know if the tools are okay at the end of the day I'm the only one who's responsible for where that ball goes so and now I guess now we're moving on to the next piece which is mm. can I have somebody else who is watching me you know and sometimes when I'm at the driving range or when I'm playing around I will have a mate of mine who will stand be- behind me or beside me if I have am having a problem with slicing or hooking mm-hmm. and they can say hey I don't know if you realise but you and then all of a sudden, the correction comes. Mm-hmm. And that's the coach. You know, that's the mentor. That's the friend mm-hmm. who's a bit better than us or might not be as good as us, but they can see the bit that needs to be tweaked. And that's what coaches, and you would have seen a lot of coaches at the, at the games. And mm-hmm. we have coaches in life as well. Sometimes it's our wife. Sometimes it's a mate. So having nice that one. feedback is important. So having the people around who know the advice to give, know the feedback to give, Mm-hmm. and who are prepared to give it, and then also us being open to receiving that feedback. Absolutely. And that will to learn it and being consciously aware. And they talk about being consciously competent, yeah. um, being fully, deliberately, consciously aware of everything that we're doing yep. and um, making sure that it is in line with where we should be. So um, as you're saying, um, making sure that the strategies are right, that it is the perfect deliberate practice, not just swinging a golf club for the sake of it. Absolutely. deliberate Perfect practice. Yeah. And that conscious competence, if we um, are doing the consciously, you know, we are competent, but having to be conscious about it, eventually that will become will become unconsciously competent. That is, yes. you can just, you'll know which club to pull out of, you know, out of your bag. You'll have the tee and the ball. You'll walk straight up, know what height the ball needs to be set at, stand back, do a little bit of a correction, maybe a practice swing just to sort of, you know, get you know, um, a bit of, you know, um, muscle memory going on. And there isn't a lot of thought that needs to happen. Swing through, hit the sweet spot. You know, it travels, you know, 250 metres and um, and it goes and you're able to place it where you want it. That's the unconscious competence. And that's what, again, who you would have seen at the, the Commonwealth mm. Games. But that only comes from, as we were talking about um, before we started this podcast, yeah, yeah. you know, I think the research says something between two and 28 years to be an expert in a certain area whether that's That's pretty broad it's very broad i know i know we always talk about you know the 10-year rule or the Mm. 10,000 hour rule and so that that's the average about 10 years 
But, you know, you think about being a, you know, a good partner in a relationship. Well, you know, through your adolescence and early adulthood, you know, you're testing out relationships, testing out, you know, friendships and, and that sort of stuff. And when things don't work, it's not about blaming others, it's about saying, what do I need to do differently here? Mm -hmm. If this person has told me that, how do I take that on board? Mm -hmm. So that, you know, by the time we are in our mid-20s or late-20s, you know, we are in that position where we can be more excellent, yeah. um, you know, as, as a partner or as a, as, an, as, a, you know, as a worker or whatever it might be. But mm -hmm. it's about different iterations, you know, changing things, being more agile and changing, you know, the next time, the next task, the next activity. Nice one. So deliberate practice. Yep. Having a coach there with you. Absolutely. And then being okay to adapt, to change, to look for that next better new step to get you further. Yeah, absolutely. And in in the um, in uh, in in psychology, we talk about being agile, and that agile is right. you know thinking big, starting small, failing fast, mm -hmm. which means you know if you're going to be making some mistakes, hopefully you do it early on, mm -hmm. and then adapting rapidly. Mm -hmm. It's pointless, you know, correcting a swing after, you know, hitting 200 balls. Mm. If you've got to, you know, correct where the club face is going to be, you need to be doing it after, you know, three balls or five balls or 10 balls, whatever, not after 200. So it's about making those adjustments early on. And, and if we don't have somebody around, you know, we can always videotape, you know, record ourselves in various ways and, and we're getting data back. We can watch ourselves and being critical. Um, so we can do our own feedback as well. Mm. So. Yep. Maybe I shouldn't be the one teaching my two sons how to hit the cricket ball and, and how to play soccer because <laughs> maybe I'm teaching them imperfect practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, at this point where they are in terms of their development, that might be okay for yeah, now just yeah. to get some gross motor skills. But further along, if you don't have that expertise, you, you know, and that's why, you know, I know that at least one of your sons plays in a team where he'll get some coaching from from other people with a bit more expertise. And, and that's an important point too, isn't it? Knowing, acknowledging when we've got to a certain stage where we might have outgrown our current coaches, our current support. So knowing that, okay, I've got to the stage now, I've gone as far as I can here, where's the next group of people who can help me progress even further? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I mean, what a blessing if we have a, a mentor or a spiritual advisor or a mm. sport coach or some, you know, who will be able to track with us for an extended period of time. What a blessing yes, that would yes. be. But over time, we need different voices in our head, different uh, frames, different um, you know, processes of correcting, different ways of, uh, of setting up longer-term goals. And so you know, the more people involved, and I think we often say um, um, it takes a village to raise mm -hmm. a child, mm -hmm. it's the same thing for us grown-ups is that you know, we need to have a village or a community who, you know, who are going to contribute to our growth and development toward expertise or toward excellence. Mm. Um, so how do, we, how do we find those people out and, and use, you know, use them, access them in our lives? And how can we be experts to others as well is important. Nice yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, being aware of opportunities where we can share expertise. Absolutely. And actually, uh, we call that mastery learning. When you're teaching somebody else yes, yes. a certain skill, well, then we have to go above and beyond where we are and, and understand it really in such detail and with such complexity so that we can teach others. And then we become, as I said, it's called um, you know, mastery learning, really getting your head around stuff so that you can be helpful to others. Sort of like what we are doing here mm. to contribute to other people's growth and development. We've had to you know, get ahead of the curve here to be you know, 
useful. Mm. So. Which is why you're here, John. Because yeah. <laughs> you're far more ahead of the curve. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the reminder. <laughs> so what would then uh, be the, the habits of excellence? Yeah. See, one of the things that people who are excellent do is that they think about the task at hand, the area particularly that they are failing at or not consistent at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've got that from, you know, some measures or some recordings or f- some colleagues or from their uh, the outcomes. And what they do is they turn up at their activity with a knowledge that that is the piece that they're going to work on that day, right? Right. So they forget about all of the other stuff that they're good at, you know. So if it's, say, it's a kid who's playing soccer, he doesn't have to think about, um, you know, how he's standing and running or his arms because that works just fine. Mm, you know, that's, mm. that's minutiae. That's really small stuff that he does fine, mm. unless he has difficulty with it. But what he might do as he turns up, you know, to play one day, it might be, I'm having trouble crossing, you know, um, taking the ball from the wing and putting it into the centre. And if mm-hmm. that's... That's what he's having difficulty with. When he turns up that day, he's, he's thinking to himself, okay, how do I position myself on the wing? How do I distribute the weight to which foot as I'm going to you know, come around to, to be able to collect that ball and place it where it is that I want it to be? Because whenever I do it, you know, it ricochets off the side of my boot or I don't have the distance or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it might be that just that one thing that he turns up that day, whether it's practice or whether it's a match day, and saying, today I'm thinking about how it is that I'm picking a gap, calling for one of my mates, working in that in a way so that I can actually place it where I want to place it. Okay? So that might be the one bit. It's not like I'm going to have a great day in doing everything. It's like today that's what I'm focusing on. Um, Wow. Nice to know that I've been on the right track because I know for me, with myself and the team who work with me also doing um, the leadership days and retreat days in schools around Australia, I know for me, after a conversation on a previous um, podcast that we had about um, body language and the way you use your hands. So for a a week or more for me, I was conscious about on this retreat today, I'm going to be really aware of where my hand is, how I'm been um my hand is open and it's up and that type of thing so i'm going to keep everything else going as per usual but just focus on this one thing and after doing that enough it became a habit and became, now you got, became unconsciously competent absolutely and i could focus on something else perfect and i found that just with our own team that when we do that when we break it down and work on one skill at a time the progress seems to be a lot quicker Instead of let's work on these five or ten different areas all together, then it just seems to be very slow progress. But let's break it down one aspect at a time, nail each one, and then move on to the next one. It seems to be a lot quicker. Absolutely. So I like that, the intentional practice. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, another piece in there is about emotionally regulating yourself. And I know, you know, we we've often talk about emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and self-regulation and discipline mm-hmm. and resilience. You know, and, and in this piece around um, development of excellence is there might be some days where you're, um, you know, you're feeling a little bit down um, emotionally or the energy might be a little bit down, you know, the, the or conversely, there'll be days where you might be really jacked up and really energetic and a flurry of activity and, and you know, you might be bouncing all around inside your head. At those times, getting the emotional self-regulation happening is critical. So if you're in a bit of a funk, how do you bring yourself up to a certain space where um, you can give the sharp attention to the skill you're 
you need mm-hmm. to practice mm-hmm. or if you're bouncing around how do you bring yourself down into that space to give it the right attention so there it might be some breath work or it might be um, some basic uh, physical exercises or it might be doing a little inventory inside your head about um, how you need to respond um, so it's about just finding almost like that sweet spot if you like that you're emotionally self-regulating so you can attend to the task at hand uh, it's not about well you know i'm just feeling a bit down let's just see what happens when i get on the paddock no it's what do i need to do so that when i get onto the paddock um i'm in that space where i have potential to do what i need to do what needs to be done well highest yeah. performers even do that when they're sitting down to write emails absolutely <laughs> as they sit yeah, down yeah. at their desk what state do i need to be in mm-hmm. uh to be able to do this really well to be able to get through as many as possible and do it in, a, in the right tone and so on so whether it be doing your emails doing your study in a meeting absolutely anywhere, having that time beforehand where am i now what state am i in what's my peak optimal state for what's coming next and then how can I get into that state? So as you said, maybe it's the breathing, maybe it's the mindfulness, maybe it's gratitude, mm-hmm. maybe it's just having some time out, listening to some music, just doing whatever it is that you need to get into that right state. And obviously that state changes. Yeah. You know, for emails, it'll be very different to when you're out in the sporting field. Yeah. <laughs> so knowing which one you need and doing what you need to be able to get there. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes if you're feeling like, you know, there's maybe there's a, there's a lot of emails that need to be dealt with or some business um, uh, issues that are really pushing you around and maybe getting a bit jacked up or a bit stressed out around them and it's really this is rolling around inside your head which means it'll be rolling around inside your body in terms of a stress response how do you actually think to say to yourself at home okay I need to mow the lawn I need to go for a run I need to maybe play with the dog you know whatever it is you know here, here are one or two things that I'm going to do to blow off a bit of that nervous energy mm. so that when I do after I have a shower line up to do the emails, I can do them in a way which will be a nice, healthy response based on my values and I will be able to be in that zone of responding expertly mm. and, you know, in a, in a way which you shows respect for, for yourself and others. Mm. So whatever you need to do to upregulate or downregulate, mm-hmm. um, you know, we all need to have a suite of things that we can do to draw upon uh, at a moment's notice, if you like. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Thank you. So turning up to whatever it is in the best state. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. In the best state if what we want to do is be in that space of excellence or if we want to be, um, you know, maybe a notch or two down, it's, okay, I need to be good enough when I do this in email. Okay, I don't have to be absolutely perfect and, you know, like a Zen master, but I do need to be good <laughs> enough so I can do, make a good enough response. Yeah, and yeah. so it's about calibrating that for yourself. Nice. Um, you know, one of the things which is really important in this area that we're, um, that we're focusing on is the area of the issue of buy-in. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is there's this, there's this internal, or what we call intrinsic motivation. It's got to be something that's, that is important to us, that speaks to our values. Like, for example, the, the people who are uh, competitive sports people. There's a, there has to be a buy-in for them when they're five or you know, seven or you know, nine or whatever and it's usually early on, there's got to be something that internally they have some passion about or at least some reason, some pretty good interest because getting up as they usually do four or five times a week to do a fair bit of training and it's, it's a second job or it is their job, um, there's got to be a reason to do what it will be required to be an expert. Mm. It's like when you go to university. It's when you start and, you know, it might be three years or it might be, you know, 
five years, it might be more than that, and often is nowadays, there's got to be an idea very firmly around, I'm doing this study, deliberate practice, if you like, I'm doing this study for the next X amount of years because there's something at the end of it that I want. Mm -hmm. You know, education in and of itself is very noble, but at the end of the day, I'm getting this, you know, award or this credential so that I can do these things that I want. And so there's got to be that buy-in. Yes. So whether you're, you know, a high jumper or a, you know, a doctor or a mechanic, it's, you know, I'm putting in this effort for a reason and the reason is important to me. That's intrinsic motivation. Mm -hmm. And the last bit there is, and even though we're grown-ups, you know, in some ways we're big kids and we like extrinsic motivation. We like people saying, nice job, nice accomplishment, good progress, mm. well done. That effort has been amazing. You know, so um, even though we might struggle with some outcomes, that effort is being rewarded and reinforced because we are social animals and we do like people who are important to us giving us some positive strokes about our, our progress. Mm. Mm. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So um, are there more habits for excellence? Um, you know, what we've really talked about here, um, we've probably nailed the majority of the critical pieces. Uh -huh. I think one of the important things that we need to reinforce more globally, and I think it was um, Aristotle who said, we are what we repeatedly do. Yes. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And it's yes. that idea of, you know, really knowing that routines are more important than motivation. Because mm -hmm. sometimes... At five o'clock in the morning, who wants to go training? Mm. At six o'clock in the evening, who wants to get on the treadmill for 30 minutes? You know, at, you know, several nights a week when you're at university, who really wants to sit there and, you know, really get absorbed by the, you know, lecture material and textbooks and whatever? Um, you know, that, motiva that motivation will come and it will go. It will wax and wane. That's part of our humanness. So if we have routines, if we have these habits and we just know that well, four times a week we're strapping on the, you know, on the, uh, the runners and we, we're doing, even if it's only five or ten k's, um, how easy is that to say? Uh, <laughs> you know, even yeah. if it's, you know, whatever, it's, that's what I do. Yeah. Whether it's cold or not cold, it's a moot point. Whether I'm motivated or not motivated, it's a moot point. It's what I do. These are the days that I train. This is what I eat at these times. This is who I get feedback from. And it's really knowing that, you know, it, it's about the routines. Because if we wait for motivation before we do stuff, um, that's problematic. Mm, yeah. mm. Even in terms of, you know, when you turn up to the office, knowing having your routine set up. So a lot of people talk about, you know, the first 20 minutes when you get there, use that time to set up your day. Uh, yes. So use that time to set up your day. And then, you know, don't check your emails until a certain time. That type of thing. So it's not just haphazard but allow yourself to create that routine. So as he says, it's not about motivation, it's not about internal drive. It's just what happens. It's just what comes next. You get used to it. Yeah, absolutely. If, you know, if what you're doing is currently working, that is satisfying your goals, mm. the short and the medium-term goals, and, and hopefully contributing to the longer ones, if, if whatever it is you're doing, if you are, you know, let's say you are um, task switching from, you know, some texts to some emails to... Um, you know, preparing some materials or whatever. And if you are task switching and at the end of the day uh, and the week and the month, you're sufficiently successful or productive or engaged in, in a way that makes sense to you, we'll keep doing it. If, however, you say, oh, I'm not really having, uh, I'm not looking at new business leads or I'm not um, as energetic as I would like to be or I'm really spending too much time on 
Facebook or whatever, well then that's when you need to tweak something. But if things are working, um, keep doing it. When they're not, how do you tweak it then? Yeah. So um, yeah, and routines at work is a, is a common one for most of us. Yeah. Thank you. So we'll have these keys, these habits for excellence in the show notes. Uh, John, before we get on to the challenge for the week, was there anything else you'd like to add? No, I think we've done a pretty nice job here today um, around that idea of thinking of, thinking to yourself, you know, how bad do you want to be great? You know? <laughs> nice one. How badly do you want to be great? Yep. Excellent. And it just it's reassuring to know that okay, we might not all be at the next Commonwealth Games. We might not all be the top experts in some area. And it's not about that. It's being, it's finding your excellence. It's finding your area of expertise. It's allowing you to, to get to your peak state. So by using these habits, again, you might not become the best in the world. So it's not about that. It's simply finding how badly enough do you want to be at your very best. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, we're not just talking about, you know, collecting diplomas to hang on the wall or trophies to put into the cabinet. Which you do like to show so- off lots of yours here, John. <laughs> um, very nicely placed, by the way, in your office here. <laughs> I do stop. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for, you know, having, having, an, having a, an excellent relationship, mm. having, you know, um, getting better at the hobby or the um, interest area that really floats your boat, mm. th- that's, that's as noble as anything else. It's not for you and I to determine and that you know that a gold medal or a diploma or whatever is a measure of anything it's really you know how do you as i said earlier about the buy-in mm-hmm. what's important to you at what level do you want to operate and if you do want to be you know in that uh, space where you are experiencing the fruits of your labors well then it requires you to have a, a plan an attention to detail other people to be part of that process and being able to stay focused so you can realise, um, you know, what it is that, that needs to happen to get to that uh, position. Very cool. Thank you. Okay. So, John, what would be the challenge for the week? Okay. Well, I thought what, we, uh, what people might think about is to pick one area in their life that they want to improve. Okay. So it's just one of those steps. In psychology, we call it, we call them successive approximation. So, you know, you might set up a visionary goal, but successive approximations means, you know, one step after the other, after the other to get to where you want to be. So pick one thing in your life that you want to improve. Mm-hmm. It might be your morning routine with work. It might be some health focus. It might be a relationship. Mm-hmm. And what you might want to do is to ask somebody who you think has more expertise than yourself to give you some feedback. So mm-hmm. it's about saying, hey, we'll use your example of business at work, hey, this is what I do in the morning. I usually come to work and I turn this on and then I start with that and then I do my reminders, then I start this. And actually going through that with somebody who can actually pull back at another level, like I said, somebody's expertise and say, so why is it you do that in that way and how long do you spend on that? So somebody do a bit of analysis of your time and activities and What you could do with them is to develop a different plan, given Mm. that this is something that's a bit clunky for you, and actually develop a different plan or a different routine, as we've Mm. called it today, a different habit, um, so that when you turn up at work, for example, you turn up with an intentionality. We've already talked um, before about being mindful and and, and emotional self-regulation, so that when you turn up to this activity over the next week or month, and this is something probably for you to attend to more than just a week, Mm. but over the next couple of weeks... How can you turn up with an intentionality, nicely chilled out, so you're not, you know, um, doing this, you know, like running around like a chook without a head. Sorry to leave you with that image. But you're actually doing that in a really balanced, 
targeted way so that you can improve how you're doing these steps which will um, which have you know a good uh, likelihood of contributing to some better outcomes yeah so uh, you know again having somebody else's feedback breaking that down having an intentionality here's my new routine and off I go to test it out Excellent. Thank you, John. And we will have those steps and that challenge in the show notes for all of you, for our listeners. So thank you. Uh, John, always a pleasure. Uh, I know that I grow, I learn a lot just from these chats with you. Uh, So thank you again for your time today. Absolute pleasure. And thank you again for the opportunity of contributing and best wishes to your listeners. Thank you. So um, everyone, thank you very much and all the very best with that challenge over this week and as John said, over the coming weeks as well. Uh, Please do leave me a rating and a review. I would love to read out your review as a shout out for the week, as a fan of the week. So please do leave a review. Uh, Who are some people you can share this with, particularly if there is that one person who will become your coach, that one person who can be accountable for, the one person who can show you those new ways to help you adapt, learn and grow. So even share that with them so that, I share this with them so that they know what you're on about as well so anyway thank you again for joining me on this episode with me and john on this episode today and i can't wait to have you join me again next time thanks again for listening to the do life better podcast you can find all our show notes at www.projecthatch.com.au forward slash do life better if you'd like to book dave john to speak at your event company or school you can contact him at hello at projecthatch.com.au You can contact us on Facebook at Project Hatch and on Instagram at Project underscore Hatch. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone you think would benefit from these messages. And now it's time to get out there and do life better.